Hey everybody and welcome to another episode of Alicia Shanice Reviews Podcast. I am your host Shanice. Um, Thank you for tuning in. I want to thank all the listeners who have been checking out my platform. That truly means a lot for me. I hope that you are enjoying the content. I know I'm trying my best. I'm very new at this. So if you're just now starting to find me and listen to me, that means a lot. I'm on my, this will be the 11th episode. So I've only recorded 10 episodes so far. I know all of my episodes are not on every platform, but every episode that I have done is definitely on Spotify for sure. Um, I do, right now so far, we've been reviewing um, each episode each week of Cruel Summer, the new television show that's out. And then on this platform, we review the verses, which one is coming up tonight. And I plan on getting back with that one for my recap for that. Um, Right now, we're also reviewing Narcos. We're only on episode four that I am about to cover now. Um, I will be reviewing one of all of my favorite shows, um, which includes Narcos, Narcos Mexico, and Snowfall. So those are the three shows that we're going to be going over, just talking about it, and also Crew Summer. So those are the things that's going on now. So yeah, if you're just tuning in to me, um, that really means a lot because I'm, a, like I said, a new content creator. And I don't share a lot of my episodes like on social media, which I should to get promote myself, but by, I'm still a little nervous and I really want to um, convert everything over to YouTube, which I will eventually start my channel, but I'm still a little nervous and still trying to get a little better. So I do see that I have new listeners and I am very, very thankful. I hope you guys continue tuning in and checking me out. You can follow me on, on my social media platforms. Um, it just means a lot. It really, really does. So I hope you're enjoying, um, all you can always follow me on social media. You can inbox me and just say, Hey, I was checking out your podcast. You know, let me know your feedback. It is really appreciated. Um, so yeah, I, I am just so thankful. I was looking at everything and I was like, wow, people are checking me out. Cause like I said, I don't share. And then sometimes when you share stuff, uh, most people, some people, they act like they're happy for you, but they never really just truly support you. So I'm just trying to get better and be my authentic self, uh, give my opinions or reviews on stuff I like or, or I'm into. So yeah, it just means a lot. So we're going to get off into the show and recap everything so I can watch the verses and then I'll upload an episode of that on who I thought won the battle. Um, if you're new here and the way I review is I like to go scene by scene and just talk about it. And then after that, we'll talk about fun facts of, um, true events. Cause this is very drama. It's even though it's based on the lives of real people, a lot of times, a lot of things are dramatized out and names are changed, etc. So I just like to review scene by scene and then just give my feedback on, you know, stuff I've researched and looked up about the real characters or um, real events that may have took place on what they're explaining. So um, sometimes if you're tuning in, I might talk about the characters. I don't mean the actual people. It's just um, the characters of the show because a lot of stuff is dramatized. So if I say, oh, they're getting on my nerves. Oh, I don't like this person. It's just the characters, not the actual people. Because um, with, with Crew Summer, you know, I talk about the characters, but this is based off people's reality. So I just go, you know, talk about the characters and how they wrote it. Then we'll get into the fun uh, just the details of what really happened or might, you know, transpired, you know, at that time. So if you're tuning in, thank you. And let's get into the show.
is Shanice, and she's the one. Her name is Shanice, and she's the one. So we are on episode four, The Palace in Flames. And the opening scene is Murphy standing there, upset, looking at the crime photos and, you know, the suspects and everything. Because on the last episode, the Minister of Justice was murdered in his car. He's standing there because he's new to this case. So he's new to Columbia. He's new to the case. And he knew that the tactics that they caused basically, of course, they didn't do the murder, but it helped, you know, had happened. It put the justice and minister in a bad situation by on how they used the information for him to go ahead and expose Pablo. And Pena and his fellow buddies are back there laughing. They're having a good old time. They could care less. They just look at it like, hey, a win is a win. Now we actually have a warrant. Um, they have something on Pablo so we can bring him in. But Murphy feels bad this is not how he does things and this is new to him he's not he's not used to being over there he's not used to seeing how things run Pinion and and his boys his other cop buddies they just want to get Pablo get something on him so they can they really want to extradite him they want to get him from Colombia to the United States so now that they know that they caught the two Sicarios who put the hit on when they're on a motorcycle and um did the hit they they basically snitch, gave Pablo up, and now they know that they have evidence. They can go ahead and, and lock him up, basically. They got something on him now. And that scene basically ends with PNB and the asshole that they said he was in the first episode is, we didn't kill him, Escobar did. Look on the bright side. So he kind of brushes it off, and you can tell that kind of ticks Murphy off. So then we get to the next scene, and... And then they show the paper that the extradition treaty between the United States and American and the Republic of Colombia. So basically, the traffickers could be extradited to the United States without even stepping foot on America's soil, without even stepping in. And they could be prosecuted there and extradited over to the United States. And that's basically what the fight was about with Pablo's war on his uh, on his country um against the government was extradition. They hated extradition. And then it just shows us um on how when people when you get, really get arrested over there, it was kind of like basically you're just locked up but you have your own party. They're letting prostitutes in there to see you. They're playing cards, they're having drinks, they're cooking their own food, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, it's like before in Colombia when you get locked up, it's still like, okay, I'm just in this cage, but it's still party time. I can still do as come as I please. I can still have many visitors. It's nothing like that. And then over in the United States, of course, you know, it's a totally different our penitentiary system is completely different. It's nothing like that. So, um, they always refer to, you know, you, you'd rather be in a grave than in an American prison, basically, to make to make a long story short. Then we go to the next scene, and you have Murphy, Pena, and Carrillo. They're all talking about, you know, trying to get him. They want to get Pablo in. Pablo has over 800 houses, so they don't know where he's hiding out at. You know, they have the warrant out now. They're ready to bring him in. Um, but they don't know where he's at because he owns over 800 homes in Colombia. So he could be anywhere he wants and they can't find him. 
And they're saying let's just try to act. Um, they're trying. Murphy and Pena is trying to explain that extradition is what what he will not want. He's afraid of. And Carrillo is saying extradition doesn't mean shit. Basically, he's like, we're gonna have to get him and kill him. Carrillo is frustrated, and it's understandable he's frustrated because a lot of his men have been killed by uh, the traffickers. Not only Pablo's, but all of the traffickers, especially Gotcha and. Escobar's camp so they're um going back and forth about that and Carrillo says gringos to the rescue <laughs> so they kind of go back and forth they're just talking about how to basically bring him in how to find him and then we go to the next scene and all of the traffickers the narcos are having a meeting and coming together under one organization again and <clears throat> talking about how they can get out of this basically um <clears throat> They came together to, um, the first time to uh, stop M-19 from kidnapping their family members from, you know, holding them hostage for money. So now it shows them again, congregating again, coming up with a solid bond to stop extradition and get off of this murder rap, basically. So you have the Choa brothers, Fabio and his big brother. Then we have Carlos Later. And Gustavo and Gotcha, and then Pablo is trying to talk them in all coming together. Fabio is blaming it on Pablo as he is always pouting. And then uh, later is take, um, talking about John Lennon. Let's come together, John Lennon. Fabio hits him. Quit all that soft shit, he says. You're always taking up for him. Carlos says, hey, he saved your sister, didn't he? So basically, after they get done bickering and blaming on whose fault is what and why they're in the situation they is, they all form their their bond, their bond again. Remember when they were together last time, they were death of the kidnappers, and now they form another bond, the extraditables, because they have put the extradition form in, and they know they can get extradited to America. So even though they form their own bond, you know, to come together and do this. It shows everybody kind of doing their own thing of how they plan on, you know, you always need a plan B. So even though they come together and they form a, a plan, it's showing how everybody is doing their own thing. So gotcha. He's always ready for war. He hires a whole bunch of people and, um, they get together, they're testing out their guns, showing what they can do. He's ready for war. He say, hey, they come, let's just kill them all. Then it shows Carlos later. All he wants to do, his plan is to just get high. He's sniffing a whole bunch of cocaine up his nose, going on the radio, preaching about the revolution, preaching about everything else, saying, hey, Americans, they want to do the drugs. And he's going on and on. Uh, the the radio jockey can tell he's talking too much, so he sent a girl a girl in, and she goes in there and pleasures him. And instead of him stopping, enjoying whatever he's doing, he says no, continue, continue. And he's still ranting and raving over the radio. So we see how Carlos later is handling things. Then it shows the Ochoa brothers. They more like the they're the drug dealers but they're more of the business type so it shows them they go to a marketing person they get a whole bunch of documents printed up with the logo play play um millions of dollars just to get scammed basically with the little generic looking logo and then on the next scene they introduce us to gallon um gallon he is the 
the new candidate running for president and he is not afraid of the um, narco traffickers he he wants colombia at peace he's for it all he's not scared of them and it's his uh, he's campaigning now and he is going hard with his campaign manager um Gavira, who will play a major part in this show. So that's his campaign manager at this time. So they show them getting ready, meeting with the American um, ambassador, and she's trying to get them to um, say that they are for extradition. And um, Gallen just says, hey, uh, my campaign manager wants me to be quiet on that. And then as they kind of walk out, um, Gavira is telling him, we do not want to be their puppet. And, you know, just don't sign your death certificate. Don't even talk about extradition or, or mention it. And then we get to the next scene and it's showing how the judges um, are so scared to even um, say that they're going to rule for um, the extra extradition. So, you know how normally the witnesses and snitches per se go to court and they have their face covered so they can't see them the judges were so scared of the traffickers and the narcos they were going to court sentencing people with things over their face covered up so they weren't getting attacked they were so terrified so that just shows you how much power they had where they had judges scared to either go into their own court court own courtroom and rule they had to go in there with their face covers so then we show pablo and he's sending them letters saying you know you have to think about what you're doing this is our country you know so he's writing the writing the judges and the lawyers and the prosecutors letters letting them know they might want to be careful before before they sign the extradition paper so yeah that's very interesting then it shows us that the judge who um went on and ruled for uh, it didn't show what he was. I'm guessing he was a trafficker. He didn't have a major part. But the guy, they said he was extradited to America. It showed the judge walking right out to his car and his car get blown up. So then we get back to the um, American embassy and the CIA and the DEA. Everybody's in there and they're having a meeting about how to go after the traffickers and the CIA and their camp do not want to go after the traffickers. They're saying, hey, that's a drug problem. Let them handle it. And Murphy and Pena is saying, no, they smuggle this amount of drugs into America each day. And it's time to go after them. But all they care about is communism, which is plays a major part. And as we get more deeper into reviewing the shows and then we get into Snowfall, we're going to tie all of this together. Um, so, yeah, you can see how the CIA, all they care about is communism, which plays a major role in the drug uh the per se the drug the war on drugs that they say we had um so they're arguing back and forth and then they agree hey you guys worry about the drug traffickers and we're going to worry about communism so america put more of their money at the time into fighting communism then on the next scene they show pictures of real footage of reagan and showing how much he hated communism and then they go back and they kind of go back and forth again in the uh, American Embassy in our big meeting. And basically, Pena and Murphy are screwed. They um, they're not going to file to get extra additional help. They're only going to worry about communism and they can let the DEA and Colombia handle the drug traffickers. So then 
they come up with a plan because they know that Pablo and all of his, all of the med- all of the cartel, they basically run the country. They have everybody in their pockets, but Carrillo, he's not. He's a good cop. He wants to bring them down. So they know that he he won't be put on top of the case in charge per se to do what he want because his boss doesn't like him. So they go and they basically bribe the boss. So Carrillo can get put on top of the case to bring Escobar down. So that was the next scene. Let's go right to the next one. The good thing about Narcos, I mean, the the one thing about Narcos is you really do have to pay attention because um, most of it is in Spanish. So you have to read it. And to me, I like that better that way. You pay attention and and I like it because it makes it more authentic because this was over in Colombia. They weren't speaking English, you know, so I do love that. You do have to read it. I'm a fan of it. I know some people are not, but I am a fan of how you have to read to go along because that makes you pay attention more as well so after the boss get paid off he go ahead and call Carrillo and lets him know that he is put on the case and you know the lead cop on the case his wife walks in because she after he hangs up and she can tell something is wrong with him and she asks what's wrong he tells her that he's been put on the Pablo case and she kind of looks a little worried because they know that they could put them and their family in danger. And he kind of looks a little puzzled because even though he wants it, he doesn't know if it's a setup. And then he knows what kind of danger he is putting his family in. So that was that. Let's go right to the next scene. Then we they take us over to Pablo's other mansion. And him and Gustavo are sitting there eating breakfast. And Gustavo is telling him, how the Ochoa brothers and everybody else is just not happy with him. They feel like it's his fault because, you know, he had the, the minister of justice killed and they're sitting there just talking about business and the situation they're in. And then we go over to the Comuna and then we see Connie Murphy and she's met Elisa, who is one of the lead of the M19 groups. And then they both are volunteering there. They kind of bond a friendship. And then they go out for drinks, meeting Murphy and Pena. And um, Elisa asks Connie, you know, what are, what are, what does her husband do? She tells him, she tells her head of janitorial. She can tell she's lying and she's, you know, she gets what's going on. So when they go and she introduced them to her husband and, you know, his partner, Pena, she um they go ahead and tell her that they CIA and she kind of looks and then she makes a joke like well you know I'm a communist myself uh and they all kind of laugh it off but they could they're DEA they could care less about communism they're um worried about getting the drug traffickers off the street and they really want to get them extradited so even though they're all lying to each other they all could care less then we go to the next scene, and they're basically showing us real footage. That's what I love about this show. Um, this is one of my favorite shows, and I, I was late to the ball on this. And then when I got to watching it, it drew me in um, automatically because I love stuff like this, and I love to know the real story behind it. So, yeah, they get to showing us the truth with the real footages of, like, Pablo getting out of his airplane and showing us his mansions and everything he had um in the 80s because he had he had more you know better equipment than even the government had he was so rich you know um so then we get to the next scene after they show us the real footage and remember Murphy said he wanted to be all in he did not want Pena and Carrillo keeping secrets from him or keeping him out of the loop so now they're letting them in letting them know what they really be doing to get stuff done 
basically saying they gotta sometime you know you gotta do bad things to catch bad people so they walk into the dungeon and they see Carrillo has one of the Sicarios tied up naked um pouring hot coffee on them basically torturing them um whatever so then we get to the next scene and then you know Murphy can't take it He's not used to seeing people get tortured like this. And then Pena tells him, remember, you said you're all in. And he kind of just walks out because he can't basically stomach to see how they're torturing this man. Even though he is a criminal, they have him tied up to his feet, butt naked. And they're torturing him, pouring hot coffee on him. And then he goes ahead and tells them where Pablo is staying. So after he tells them, they leave out. The whole search block um, is all of them. The whole band, whole military band of them, they're all headed out now that they know where they stand. We go back to Pablo's mansion on the next scene. And Lakiko, one of Pablo's head Sicario, runs out and warns them that, you know, they were headed to um, somewhere else. They got off on the way. He, um, they're headed their way. So Pablo calmly says, how far are they? He lets them know about two hours. And he go gathers up everybody. He tells Tata, let's go. She like, Pablo, I just cooked. And he like, she's like, what about our clothes? He like, we'll buy everything new. We have to go. They're getting the plane ready. Then we get to the next scene and Gustavo is pissed off. He's still keeping his cool, burning all of the paper, burning all the evidence, all every all the documents that they have that uh, they could use against them. Like I said, Gustavo, you know, he's the businessman of it. So he's taking care of everything and everything burnt, um, everything out of all the little secret spots the secret spots they have hidden pablo walks out of asking what's wrong he lets gustavo cuss him out he got a vent like this is all your fault uh we would have never been in this predicament everything was going fine till you wanted to go you wanted to be president of this country he kind of vented out pablo gives him a hug because he said what the hell everybody gotta die one day so then it shows you know after they get everything together they all get on a plane gustavo tata and the kids and pablo and show blackie uh, one of the other head Sicarios um, helping them into the plane, closing it up. And then the other Sicarios, they get together and they head out right after them. So they get all their stuff and they head out. The search block finally shows up there. They arrive and they're already gone. So they tie up, uh, they handcuff all of the maids and staff, um, the gardeners, you know, everybody, basically the maids and the people who did the yard and all that. They tie them up, handcuff them up, and search the house, but they burnt everything out, and it shows the cops, when they see how uh, the fruit and all the food that was prepped that they were about to eat dinner for, they quit looking for everything and looking for evidence and start eating, because they never seen anything like that, they're cops, they don't make that much money, and they walk into this million, this billionaire's home and see all of this luxury food, so they start eating then uh, Murphy, he sees that, you know, they burnt everything up, but he finds a little piece of paper and, you know, that's enough for him. He can figure out something. So that leads to the next scene. And it basically was the address of Pablo's number one entrusted accountant, Blackbeard. Seems like soon as they get it, um, soon as they get Blackbeard, Blackbeard in custody, he basically snitches on everything. I'm sure it didn't go down like that, but that's how they showing uh, Blackbeard. He gets locked up and he gives them all 
every little thing to each puzzle where everything is located at it showed how pablo was bringing in 60 million dollars a week and you know uh murphy references that he was making more money than general motors that's a big deal and they finally know where everything is at they know where all the paperwork is at they even find out where some lab super labs are at where they even you know got all the cocaine and everything together where they made everything in the jungle uh, all the super labs so they get everything they get all the information that they need and then they lock it up <laughs> to where they think is the safest place which is the Palace of Justice, the um, home of Columbia's um, Supreme Court. So this is supposed to be like the safest place where you can't even really bribe anybody to get any information. So they have documents that could lock him, lock, especially uh, Pablo, but I'm sure all of the, the narcos, but especially Pablo could lock him up to where he wouldn't even have seen the light of day. So they get all that paperwork because Blackbeard snitched everybody out. Then we go directly to the next scene and it shows Pena he goes to visit, well, no, I'm skipping ahead. Sorry, guys. I'm sorry. I don't mean to skip ahead. We go back and then we go to the scene where they have all the documents and everything locked up. And then, um, Carrillo's super, uh, boss, he really doesn't like them anyway. He only did it. He only let Carrillo get on top of the case and it put in charge just because they bribed him and gave him, I think a hundred thousand dollars, but he's still, is a a-hole so he he tells him like you can't take any paperwork out of here so pn murphy murphy basically steals some documents so they can try to you know con continue their own investigation they go visit suarez who plays both sides remember he is the the police chief i'm guessing and he played both sides. One minute he on their side giving information. Then he telling Pablo what information he gave them. And asking him for my money. So he goes ahead and lets him know. Because he asks him who is this guy who they found on one of the papers. And he lets him know he is a gringo. An American. Which is Mr. Barry Seal. We will get to that after end. After the end of we get to reviewing the show. But Barry Seal. Tells him Barry Seal. And he lets him know, like, he did a lot of business with Gustavo. They always refer to him as McPickle. So they get to doing some digging around. Suarez eventually tells them uh, that, you know, he, your guy should know him. He's CIA. So then we go to the next scene and we see the CIA agent. Uh, I can't think of his name, but remember he played on The Wood. That's my one of my favorite movies. But um the, the dude from the wood and why did i get married and all that other stuff uh i can't think of his name but yeah the black cop he's sitting there on the phone look like he getting there flirting talking having him a good old funky conversation and here come murphy ass he come hang the phone up in his middle of his conversation uh he says who the fuck you think you is murphy <laughs> i can't stand murphy the the character not the actual detective but Murphy uh like who is this guy they say he's CIA and then he also trafficked for the he you know he also been uh, flying planes for the narcos doing drug drops and he like I don't know who that is another CIA agent walk up like hey is that Barry Seal kind of bust him out and that's all Murphy needed to hear Barry Seal so then it goes to the next scene and they show Barry Seal laid up with a bunch of um prostitutes uh looks like he had, looks like he's at a, a um a brothel and it makes reference that Pena visits this brothel himself 
Anywho, they get Barry sealed. They say, hey, me pickle. So he already know what it's about when they uh say his alias name. They take him to an abandoned location to ask him some questions. He's cocky. He's not worried at all. He said his new, he knew this day would come. He said, let me show you boys something. He basically shows them a picture of Pablo transporting drugs in Nicaragua, which is a communism state. So that's all the information they need. That is the evidence they need to show them that he was over there in Nicaragua. Then, you know, President Reagan hates the communism. So, Pena says, hold on. Because, you know, Pena, he's showing that he has ethics when it comes to informants. Murphy not trying to hear it. He takes the picture to the uh, ambassador at the um, American Embassy. And what do you know? Next thing you know, it's on the news and they are showing the picture in the news and Barry Seal basically gets a hit out on him when Oliver, Oliver North got the picture. And we will talk about Oliver North as well. It shows Oliver North and he um, gave the evidence basically to Reagan and it got all over the news saying nothing these communists won't do. And then, you know, it shows the next scene, Barry Seal. I walk into his car in Baton Rouge and he just gets executed basically. He gets shot down, getting into his car. So that's that. Next thing it shows uh Pena walking up to Murphy's desk. He goes off on him, tells him, Look what you did. You turned that picture over. You got fucking Barry still killed. And then it shows <clears throat> Murphy. He's just like, hey. I didn't kill him. Escobar did. At least we get to get him now. So he kind of throws it back in his face on how it came on. How he felt bad about getting a justice minister, you know, executed. He kind of felt like they were responsible for that. And he didn't care anything about Barry Seal. He was like, hey, he was just a snitch. He was just, you know, a snitch. It is what it is. But now that they have all of the information and then by America has found out that they were working with the Nicaraguas and all of them. They send them additional resources, it shows, and then it shows them uh, going to raid all the labs and everything. Then it shows, go to the next scene, and we see um, Galan and um, Gavira, they're taking pictures and with all the documents showing everything that they have, with all the evidence, knowing that, you know, this is going to look good, especially for the campaign. You know, it is politics involved in everything and how they have all the evidence. And then this looks good for the pre presidential run as well. So then we go to Panama, basically. I'm guessing they're in Panama by now or let's I might be jumping ahead now that they show us where the narcos are hiding out at. And, um, how they've just, they also show before that I am, I skipped ahead guys. Sorry. I'm trying to hurry up and go catch the verses as well. So kind of trying to do two things at once, but let me slow down. I've skipped over the fact that when they are raiding all the super labs, they get one of the biggest traffickers. So that they've got so far, they get one of the head cartel guys. And that is Carlos later. They find him. He like, give me 10 minutes. I could get you this and that. They like, nope, you going straight to Disneyland. So he was one of the first ones out of all of them, out of all of the, you know, the head of the, the, the cartels that got arrested, that got caught. So they get one of the, the main guys. And now all of it goes to the, where they're hiding out at. And they're all talking about 
how, you know, even if he dies, he'll still have a hundred and, you know, a hundred years remaining from the sentence they gave him from the extradition. So they're, they're not feeling it. They can feel the pressure and they know that something has to be done. So they form another plan, all of the, the traffickers together. So then we get to the next scene and it shows Pablo visiting the M19, what's left of him. Cause you know, he killed most of them in uh, episode two, but from what's left of him, he goes to the lead guy, the lieutenant who he lets get away and let him know what he needs them to do. They're kind of reluctant saying this is too dangerous. Uh, it doesn't really tell us, tell us so far what they have planned, but he like, Hey, you know, that's the cost of, you know, with the war, you have to do it for the revolution. Pablo talks him into doing whatever he wants him to do. Elisa walks in and she's a little uh, standoffish. Uh, Pablo speaks to her. She doesn't even speak back. She, she looks pissed off. And I'm wondering, cause of how her attitude was, if you go back and you pay attention to episode two, she didn't even really want to, um, kidnap anybody from Pablo's camp because she said he gave a lot of money back to the poor. So it was kind of like a respect factor that they had for him at first. That's why they went after the Ochoa's family members. But, um, I'm thinking that from how they set it up without explaining it. I'm thinking they might've did it like that because by when they did kidnap the, uh, Martha Ochoa, uh, they killed most of them. They could have killed her boyfriend cause they don't show her boyfriend anymore throughout the series. So I'm wondering, he probably was one of the ones who got murdered. So that's probably why she had all that anger in her heart. So she, um, after Pablo and all of them leave, she asked the guy, what are you doing? He lets her know that, they they signed up to help him and she like we don't we help we're, we 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 help the people not drug traffickers so he doesn't even tell her what he has planned but she kind of figures it out and then she go and warns Connie Murphy which is Murphy's wife and Murphy like Murphy's wife is like how do you even know who my husband really is how do you know about Pablo so she acts like you know dramatic or whatever and then she takes Elisa to uh Pena's Pena's home to hide her she goes in there and calls, um, Connie goes in there and calls Murphy and lets him know that Pablo is working with the M19. And he's like, Connie, you don't know what you're talking about. That doesn't even make sense. Pablo in the M19. But he listens to her. He goes in there to warn the ambassador. And when he gets in there, he looks at the news and he sees that the palace is on fire. It's a war broke out. It's just a mess is the military is brought in it's gunfire everywhere uh dozens of lives just being murdered and then they get to show the m19 get into the main room the hidden room where all the documents all the evidence of escobar was and they burn the whole room down and they make a reference saying, you know, in the mafia, they, if you a witness, they might make you disappear. They'll find out where you're hiding at. They'll, they might kill one or two juries, jurors on the, on the board. But in Colombia, Pablo made the whole courthouse disappear. <laughs> just crazy. Just crazy. It's crazy. So then we get to the next scene. And they're back in another meeting. Uh, it's the big meeting now. It's the CIA. Everybody in there. The CIA, the DEA, the ambassador, all of them. The military, the American military. They're all in there because all of this has happened. And they're they're thinking that it's just strictly M19 doing a commun communism attack. And then Pena blurts out and says, 
um this is escobar he set this up so they kind of go back and forth like you're reaching and all this stuff they kind of go back and forth and um they point out the leaders of the m19 which they have one of them hidden at pena's home so the da is hiding one of the lead m19 members even though she didn't have anything to do with it but she warned them and they can't let them know because it's considered treason they can't work with communists you know so um they're hiding evidence but they 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 know what's going on but everybody else just think it was a straight m19 communist attack so then we get to the final scene and pablo blackie and poison show up with another sicario they show up to pay um the guy and the remainder of the m19 because most of them were killed in the battle but those few got out he um shows them the money that he offered to pay them and offered to give him the sword back and pablo basically tell him like you guys did good thank you um this won't go unnoticed as for me i will be in hiding in panama and the guy says thank you you don't know what this will do for our fight as pablo and his sicarios are walking out the house they turn around and shoot everybody killing all of them flat out execution style just killing them and then it goes off and that was my recap for episode four so let's get into it and talk about the true facts um and the real events that did take place in this because like you say like you know most of it was dramatized but i just like to kind of go over scene by scene i hope you guys enjoy that um if you don't you can leave me feedback and then i kind of like to get into the facts of it you know just to you know enjoy the show more talk about scene by scene and what happened after so one thing i do want to talk about is um carlos later so yeah he was really that was true he was one of the first uh head leaders of the cartel um to go down and in here in in the show it makes it makes it seem like they just found blackbeard and he gave out all this information and then they just found him just at a super lab just basically just running the super lab and in actuality, they say, um, especially George Jung, because the, the first time I've ever heard anything about Carlos later was when he was depicted in the movie Blow. He played Diego, which they made him just kind of seem like a flunky in there, basically. I mean, he was running his own show, but it didn't make it. It made it seem like he just was begging to work for Escobar and that just wasn't the case and I didn't find out about that and so I watched this and just got to doing my own research and then it, the way how George Jung when he does his interviews because like I said I like to research I get um I really get intrigued by this stuff I, I love all you know true crime and everything so I do watch a lot of their interviews and just to get to doing my own research he um he was out of control later it was they say out of control itself and had killed one of pablo's main men and just doing too much and uh george jung says that he got a threat from pablo saying you had to testify against him because he was causing too much commotion kind of setting them back for what they were doing so it made it seem like the rest of them kind of wanted him to get locked up and get out of everything. But you know, in here it makes it look in the show, it makes it like they're all upset. And you know, that was the first one that they, that they caught at the super lab. But in actuality, it was nothing like that. He just got released from prison in 2020. 
So he just got out. I know he was supposed to go to another country, they were saying, and do some more time. I don't I don't know which one. I forgot. I have to look more into it and I will announce I will say that when we cover episode five. But I know he did get released from the United States uh system in twenty twenty, but he was supposed to go do some more time because he had multiple charges in different countries. But yeah, they weren't close like that. Um they say that Pablo was kind of tired of him because he got locked up when he was still um, running for politics. So he was I don't think the war had completely started yet or whatever. So, yeah, Carlos later was one of the first ones to go down. And then when when, when we, they talk about Barry Seal, Barry Seal, his his situation is very intriguing because he was a CIA agent and he was really murdered. In Baton Rouge, he had, they say he had declined protective custody. And after they found him, um, I, I like, when I watch shows, I try to get off into it. And then we will start covering Snowfall. And if you're going to be following me to cover in the Snowfall series, you know, when the Teddy McDonald, he's the CIA officer. I kind of think that they kind of got that off of Barry Seal. So he's supposed to be like, um, Barry Seal. That's, you know, not, not him, but. I think that's kind of how they came up with that character, Teddy, because that's loosely based off Freeway Ricky's story. And Freeway Ricky, he was working with the CIA, but he didn't know it. He was working with the um, an asset. It wasn't with the actual CIA like they have Franklin working with um, Teddy. So if you watch, um, I'm kind of jumping off topic, but if you watch Snowfall and you pay attention to Teddy, that's kind of how Barry Seal was. He was all over the place. He was really a CIA asset and he used to fly planes and he flew a lot of cocaine all over. He was a, a the head pilot of it and a CIA asset. They say when he got murdered, he had Big Bush phone number in his pocket and his story is such a mystery. I know Tom Cruise did a movie and it was based off his life life as well. I haven't watched it yet, watched it yet, but I am. But I, I always get intrigued when I hear about Barry Seal because it's just when you talk about all the drug trafficking and you look at who went down for it. The CIA just kind of like covered everything up and they were the ones bringing the shit over to America. So it kind of just like, like what? But yeah, Barry Seal, he was, he was for real. He was a drug, a drug trafficker. He was a head pilot and the way how they did that was crazy. And then, um, uh, his son and, uh, Pablo's son, Juan Pablo, he changed his name. Now they actually got together and they talked um Juan Pablo I love his interviews um he just he just seems like he's just been through so much with everything that you know how his father's life was um yeah and then you know he said that they kind of uh, bonded a friendship and talked about everything and he apologized for what Barry Seal did because with the evidence that Barry Seal had that brought a lot to the table with Escobar and all of this stuff going you know with the extradition that's how they had proof and they had that picture that he was over in Nicaragua and drug trafficking like that. So yeah, the Barry Seal, that was a really big deal in Carlos later. And then also the M19, they still, they say they still denied that they did the, the hit like this in the court, um, for the Supreme court down there. But 
Um, I, I don't know. I think that was kind of played up, dramatized out how they showed Pablo going, killing all of them. I'm not sure if that happened like that. I think that was more, I think that more was dramatized, but yeah, they say the M19 really did that. I seen the, the real pictures just going back, looking at it. And it's just like, that was power. You know, how can one man have that much power? You mean to tell me you could just go hire a guerrilla group to go and just burn down a whole courthouse just to get a room full of your documents that just show you how powerful he was and then when you just talk about the 60 million dollars a week and how drugs were bringing that much money in and how the, the the power and the cocaine just coming over here you know it had to be bigger than they're just trafficking you know then when you think about the cia it just goes really really deep it, it gets really really interesting on he was making 60 million dollars a week bigger than one of like our top one of our top corporations over here that's just crazy to me as far as Elisa's character, I, I think she she probably was dramatized up too. I'm not sure um, if Pena was really just sleeping with all of these prostitutes and women's. Um, I've watched a lot of Murphy and Pena's real interviews, and he said that was you know dramatized for Hollywood as well. That's why I like talking about it because you know when you get to watch something that you really enjoy, you just kind of want to find out the truth behind it and everything. So I like watching a lot of the interviews and like talking about stuff like this. I do plan on be bringing in um some guests on my podcast as we go along so we can just more have a more in-depth conversation you know when you just kind of talking and, and talking about everything you might forget a couple of things so some, sometimes I think I'm like oh I didn't say this but I'll add it on to the next one but I do want to get you know a guest on and we can kind of you know feed off each other and talk about what happened because this is really history and it shows on how the war on drugs was kind of like a big joke in the long run and now I'm more getting to that when we cover, when we get more to the end of it, because we're still at the beginning, so I don't want to jump ahead. I know the show is a couple years old, and you know you might know your own research, so I'm kind of going episode by episode. If you're just deciding, hey, you know I'm enjoying the podcast, and I haven't watched the show yet, because some people they didn't get off into it because they didn't want to, you know, read it on all the way through. Me personally, I love doing that, so it didn't bother me. So if you're, you know, haven't watched it and you're just joining the podcast and watching as we go along, that's great too. I really, you know, enjoy that as well. But yeah, it was exactly true. That wasn't dra dramatized. They really did come up with the slogan saying the extraditables, you know, and then Gallen, that was true as well. He was not scared of them. He, he was ready to save his country. He was about bringing Colombia, getting all these drug traffickers off the street. He was really fearless. He was running, you know, to be president and everybody loved him. So and that's also true when um, Pablo killed the rest of the M19 members and, you know, said he'll be in Panama. They really did go to Panama and we'll get to that more on the next episode. And then on how it showed the judge walking out of the courtroom and then getting um, stepping into his car and the bomb going off. It, it was like happening like that rapidly. It's so many police officers, so many lawyers and judges on this uh, case with these uh, traffickers that really did get murdered, you know, who really were trying to do the right thing, just go to work and do their job. Now, those were innocent people, you know, just trying to go do their job and getting murdered just because they went against the grain, you know, and also 
when it shows how the CIA and the DEA was arguing back and forth, the CIA, they were more trying to stop communism. The DEA, they were all about trying to get the drug, tr drug traffickers off of the street. They really did not get along. And the CIA really did all they cared about on, on in that time, you know, was stopping communism. And then it shows you on even on how they went to bat to go to, you know, put all everything in there for that war. That war caused a lot of harm, especially to inner communities. That's ridiculous. And then we'll cover that more as we go along, especially when we get into Snowfall. Now, that's one of my favorite shows on right now. So I'm going to be really excited when we go over every episode of that. So um, if you haven't watched it yet, when we get, I'll give you a heads up. When I get started to start reviewing it, we're going to make sure we finish this up. But if you haven't watched it yet, please, um, when we're going to start doing weekly episodes of it, I will give you a, you know, a warning before we start so you can go ahead and you can just catch along and we can talk about it before season five starts and get off into that but yeah the cia was something else and they did used to go back and forth and they used to stop progress because they would hide evidence because they didn't want one of their assets to get caught and they would put a lot of hopes in the dea so where they couldn't get stuff done so they kind of did used to have to use dirty tactics a little bit even though carrillo i still don't like the torture and stuff they used to do but Carrillo is based off of false. Um, he, he really wasn't a true person. They say he's based off of Colonel uh, Martinez, but Martinez didn't come in the game until later. So, um, but I'm sure it was officers really like this, uh, who they have ahead of the search block, who was really doing stuff like this because they did have to play bad, I guess, to get bad done, you know, and it just shows all the corruption and everything as well. And if you haven't watched it and you go back, if you have watched it and then you're just, you know, enjoying my reviews and you go back and catch each episode that we talk about. It's just funny to me with Fabio Ochoa. Every time they show his facial expressions, he always gets so frustrated. Be so bad. He is so funny to me on the show. But yeah, Fabio, he just just go pay attention. He is just always so so pissed off, you know. But yeah, that was my episode review. I hope I, you know, we the discussion in the pod was good today. Um, I am about to go and catch the versus battle. Um, and I will definitely do a podcast on that. Uh, if not tonight, tomorrow for sure. It's going to be Swiss Beats versus Timberland. So if you want off into the versus battles that come on, um, please catch my recap on that. Um, I, that will be uploaded either tonight or tomorrow. So that was my review and recap and discussion about episode four. I do hope you enjoy. Don't forget, you can follow me on Instagram. It's under Alicia Shanice. You can follow my all of my music playlists on Spotify, all of my favorite songs. You can follow me on Facebook. It's under Alicia Shanice as well. I do hope you are enjoying the content that I'm putting out. I know it's not A1. I'm still trying to improve, but I um, plan on getting better. I, I enjoy talking. I hope you guys enjoy listening. So I do hope you guys have a wonderful day. Stay safe out there. Be safe. And I will see you next time.